hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the pl report the sixth episode of the pl report it's me again amshuman and with me is ayush and uh, it will be a simple podcast today like we are not planning on doing a lot like we'll keep it basic we'll talk about the premier league it's a it's called the pl report after all so we'll talk about our weekend like we what all we watched and what all we went through so a bit of admin first like please follow us on our uh, instagram follow us individually on instagram and twitter as uh, twitter for me as well because i'm i use my twitter a lot more than instagram personally ayush has always got match day reports he's always talking about the games he's watched and those are fun threads like they are informative as well like uh, very helpful if you haven't watched the game to get get a basic preview and uh, uh follow the footy report also uh, read our articles ayush has recently written an uh, an excellent article on uh the he's predicted the top 10 teams in the pl this season the points they have the scores they'll have like he's uh, just saying i still stuck with my i stuck on i've still stuck on my liverpool coming seventh this weekend yeah, even yeah, in the yeah, article he's stuck to that argument that we talked about in the last episode if you guys watched it and we'll so, get to the newcastle versus liverpool game also i'll explain we, we, why we, i still we'll talk in detail a bit about your article as well later on hmm. uh because uh, i think uh, we are at the end of the season and it's a, it's a great time to discuss these things because these are the crunch fixtures for most of the teams so we'll talk a bit about the chances of like the, we'll talk about the cl race and we'll talk about uh, a, 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 all those things so uh, let's uh, let's start with what really happened and the first thing i think we have to talk about is the carabao cup final yeah. so Uh, I I believe both of us watched this. I didn't watch the yeah. whole of it. I watched half of it because it I was quite apparent. Good chunks of it. I think I'll let I you watched, start. Are you? I watched good chunks of it, and the one thing which I could conclude was there was only one winner from the first ten minutes. It was determined who was going to win. Yes, it was yes, pretty yes, yes, clear. Yes. There was yeah. no fight shown from Tottenham in the first, and I can't even blame them because they're playing yeah. against the best side in the uh, country, arguably even the world, one of the best sides. and like mm. their game is possession and everything and like they the only chance they had was to sit back and counter so in the first mm. half they were just fighting for their lives and trying not to concede so that they can go on penalties because i believe they have better shooters man city don't have the best penalty record and they might have had the better edge mm. there the mm. game plan was not exactly the worst but mm. i don't think they could have held off city even how good loris was in the game he made yeah, some yeah, brilliant yeah. saves from mares foden like they were absolutely some good saves and like mm. yeah and like the best part and the most surprising part was city went 1-0 up at the 80th minute or something if i'm not wrong and like okay, yeah, if yeah, it was yeah. any other team in the world they would have sat back and defended for their lives but only <laughs> city can go and attack more and want more goals in the last 10 minutes and completely give no chance for tottenham to even make an attack yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. 10 minutes yeah they yeah, could yeah. have scored at least two more goals in the last half they scored one that was offside yeah, yeah. I you brought up a couple of points that I want to expand more on. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, first on. thing you talked about is how Tottenham played. Okay. Uh, so, well, it was pretty apparent. Like the new manager bounce that Tottenham were looking for was not there. Ryan Mason oh, is yeah. clearly not up to this. He is not a Premier League manager at as of now. At That's least true. he's not a Tottenham manager as of now. That is quite apparent. Like. Uh, Plus a final in his second there. game. Plus a final in his second game is sorry to. Yeah, like you can't that. expect like you. It's it's unfair to expect him to do well, especially against a team as relentless as this. 
exactly so and uh, you brought up the fact about uh, they kept on trying to score i think they were very frustrated also with the fact that they took so long to score that goal because the tottenham defense was really really good they really did their job they held out like they were all the, the like it was an all defensive game like they were basically playing on the counter attack as you said that's that's just how they tried to take this game to penalties and well i think you would want to take something like this to penalties especially when you know you're not as good as your opposition because then it becomes a punter's chance like then it's that's kind true. of lucky you you're based uh, your chances of winning are obviously the probabilities are much much higher than before so obviously they would want to take this to pens and well well city are going to attack you especially when they know that they can beat you like there yeah. was you could they, i don't think there was a lot of hesitation in terms of will man city lose i don't think that's a question anybody watching this game asked the only question they asked they asked is when is city going to finally score yeah when are they going to score that was the only question plus yeah. i kind of slightly disagree with you when you say that they defense was well i think they defended really well but the full backs were absolutely abysmal in that game both regulon and or your yeah they were game. yes they were yes especially especially because they, as outlets they were very poor they they to carry the ball forwards and to yeah, go on exactly. the counter they quite a lot of times regulon especially in the first half he fuck, uh, messed up a lot yeah but, dude a uh, few times yeah and like i don't know i think roy keen was the one when they said regulon is a good uh, left back and then he's like why did real madrid let them go and i still i'm not a big fan of that player he hasn't exactly performed in his first year if i'm not wrong i don't think yeah that's would... true but uh, like he's been in very uh, tough situations personally i mean so... he's not in the best tottenham side but i still feel that he was great player... at sevilla though he was really really yeah, good great there as in this he worked yeah. with the system that they had set up and everything yeah yeah, yeah exactly well, yes but... because they sevilla played with fullbacks who had complete license to go forward as well so that's exactly. important too it's not a, just a player the system around you is half the job hmm. so And I I don't completely agree with Roy Keane in terms of what mm. he's saying. So, anyways, I think yeah. that was the only uh, thing we expected was City to score more goals. At least Tottenham. And yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, well I think there. you had a bit of an issue with Kevin De Bruyne playing this game also. Like, would you oh, like yeah. to expand on that? Oh yeah. So I think if I'm not wrong, he went out injured in the semi-final against Chelsea. Yeah. And like it was not like he he took a knock and everything, and it looked like he'll be out for at least three weeks. You know. the standard oh, okay. injury yeah, or something yeah, yeah. and like seeing him come back for a carabao cup that to be fair in all honesty bless you uh, to be fair in all honesty i don't think man city really needed that kevin de bruyne esque player in that game to win it i think they had mm. it under control without him also and it was okay. too much of a risk because they have the bigger game against psg you know obviously yeah. they've won the carabao cup three times now four times in a row even mm. if he didn't get the what do you say treble but mm. he got the champions league and premier league double i don't think he would have made such a big difference because mm. they've already won the domestic quadruple it's not about yeah, like yeah, the particular yeah. trophies i think it was too much of a risk to play him unless obviously he was completely recovered which is i think unlikely. i think they just saw it as a final i think pep was like it's a final we'll play the best like the best team that suits our system at the moment and that's and i think de bruyne was fit to play like completely fit to play and he wanted to play otherwise he would not have been on that pitch that's true that's true i just yeah. think it would have been you know a too much of a risk to yeah yeah no i'm i'm not disagreeing PSG with you at all i'm yeah, not at yeah. all like i i absolutely agree with the uh, injuries risk point at all like uh, absolutely you're right like he, they needn't See, have but uh, i'm just saying like trying to justify it from their perspective that's all 
See, if it was like for Tottenham, even Harry Kane was injured, but he was playing, and that mm. is understandable because that's the only thing they have to look forward to this season. That's the only final yeah, they yeah, were yeah. in. That yeah, was the yeah, only yeah, chance right. for them to get a trophy. Right. I, I'm not, I, uh, there is no doubt about it. Uh, like even Harry Kane, like I, I think Harry Kane was a bit of an inconvenience for Tottenham, honestly, because oh yeah, like, he, I think it was well, he was not say. fit. Like he didn't really yeah. do much, did he? I think this is what you say, a deja vu of the, what do you say, the 2018 Champions League final. Yes. Where he was yes, played, yes, when yes, he was yes, actually not completely right, fit. Yes. And he took the spot of Lucas Moro, a non form Thatrick hero, yeah, who got yeah, them yeah, to the yeah. final. I mean, he's yeah, fit yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, he's absolutely. in like the worst form of his life. He's trying really mm. hard, but he's messing up a lot. But at that mm. time, he was like actually the hero or something. And they subbed yeah, him Yeah, obviously, the Ajax team, like he was the hero. Like there's no yeah. doubt about it. Lucas like, Mora should be live, live live long in Tottenham Hearts because of what he did in that semi-final. So yeah, I still think they would have had a better chance against Liverpool if Mora had started that game, and Kane would have come off as an yeah. impact sub because he was not completely well. And yeah, he was not fit. Well. He was not even this he, game. Uh, he was not fit. Like there exactly. was, it was quite obvious. Yes, you're right. And you yes. could see he had a poor game. I mean, yeah. he's taken chances. Well, everybody out of in nowhere. the forward line had a poor game, but yeah, like he contributed yeah. to it definitely. That's true. So yeah, I guess, I guess that we was can pretty much about the Carabao Cup. What, what, what? Yeah, I guess that was pretty much about the Carabao Cup thing. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, okay, let the first game we can talk about is Liverpool versus Newcastle. I didn't watch oh, this, yeah. so. <laughs> this was a very good game if you have predicted Liverpool are coming seventh in the Premier League because it proves <laughs> everything that you're thinking about. Well, okay. I think I think you talked about the front three, like um, especially in your article, and I believe we've had this conversation before. The front three is not looking good. They are not it's, firing. Salah scored not... in the third minute in this game, but the other two are still lacking, and there is a clear lack of cohesion in this front three. Like I don't know what this means for Liverpool's long-term scenario, but uh, at I least think... for this season, yeah, Liverpool is lagging. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think. Liverpool to succeed and go forward, they have to sell either Salah or Mane. They're not gelling together. I'm not even hmm. going to put Roberto Firmino. He's out of the race of the top three, you know? Like, every club is supposed to have some top dog and defined first place and second place. And I ah, think yeah, yeah. Salah and Mane are fighting for the first place. And like, so if Salah's cutting in and he sees Mane free and he has an option to shoot, he'll shoot and he won't pass to Mane. And like, it's not working out together on the pitch at least. I'm not sure about the off-pitch relationships. But it's okay. clearly not working on the pitch. And the hmm. second thing was, they couldn't finish for shit in that game, dude. They took 23 shots. Nine hmm. of them were on target. Their hmm. finishing was absolutely poor. Seeing Salah... Okay, Salah got the goal in the third minute. Fair. Yeah, fair yeah, yeah. It was a good goal and everything. But his basic finishing, which is striker and everything required... Yeah, I think that is what more their problem it. is. Not the cohesion between the front line. I think it's more like... They've individually lost a lot of confidence. And this season, I think... Uh, it's messed with them a lot, like with their oh, yeah. harmony and, mm. and everything, especially with the amount of work they had to do last season. I think they're just, uh, it's a slump for the forward line. I think there's still line. a bit of a cohesion problem because even Diego Yota was having a bad game. And he's in yeah, 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 great form and he was missing some really easy chances. And even that showed you that Diego Yota is not the, what do you say, the goal-scoring machine. He's just yeah. another winger who will get on a good run and everything. You can't expect. Yeah, but I think uh, one or two games is kind of hard. I I think this season, I think especially the second half, Liverpool. I think it's it's very. I think the emotional and mental and uh, yeah. the toll that has had been that has had uh, it has had like the whole 
season and the injuries and everything that happened the toll that it has taken on these guys i think that's the biggest culprit behind like i still yeah. believe in this team is what i'm basically i think they're just exhausted and this, yeah they i might think they've like had a long couple season. of years and they've won a lot of things and i think they're just uh, uh they the to fight i think is kind of lacking this season and uh, it's not looking good i think even jurgen klopp has to take a quite a, quite a bit of the blame for what is happening mm. right now uh, and uh, their recruitment has also been clear, rightly criticized for uh, this season and mm. they they Where are clear, there are clear problems here and Where is uh, ben davies they signed him i've not even seen him in one squad you know well now. are we surprised like he turned up from preston north end like what are we supposed to expect from I the mean, guy like any game anything i mean if you're signing someone if he's not a youth prospect he should be in the squad considering the amount of injuries they have but anyways yeah, well, you can ask the same question for donny vanderbeek and his cv is much better than ben davies so oh yeah that's <laughs> more of a i think oleg on solshar is more strict to his lineup and he tries to keep it as much fixed as he can at least with I, the midfield of mctominay yeah I, I think the i think the problem is that he doesn't exactly know how to use ronnie vanderbeek it's as simple as that but yeah exactly it was just a panic buy anyways move not even a panic buy i think they 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 are trying to there's a cohesion that they have to find they need he needs a preseason is what i think yeah that's true Yeah. Okay. Moving so on to Newcastle. Move on from this game also. No, we didn't talk about Newcastle only. Okay, go ahead. Like, what, what I mean, they had they sat back and they countered. They had some good chances. Saint Maximin is like yeah. The, whatever game Saint Maxima plays, then that that's so uh, that guy just breathes life into the Newcastle. Exactly. Squad, exactly. Yeah. He's he's just so good when you see him play, and, and he helps play. the guys around him, like uh, guys exactly. like um, Almiron and uh, all these guys. They look Joel sharper Linton, yeah. and more better when he's on the pitch. Yeah, and my boy Joe Willock scored the goal in the 87th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, a, Joe Willock five. is really turning up with the goods. Uh, Bench goods. impact, you know, the super sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he is well. basically the super sub in the, the uh, at least for the past few game weeks. So, hmm. I think that's the reason why Steve Bruce isn't starting him. I don't think he'll perform on a complete 80 minutes and 90 minutes or something. He's not that mm-hmm. kind of a player who will just get it into froth. But when you play him mm-hmm. for the last 15 minutes, he'll give it his all. And he'll do absolutely. Maybe he just everything. brings a different dimension to the th- like. I think uh, like he pre- works better against tired players, and then the yeah, I guess so. He's a youngster, also he has more energetic yeah, and everything. Yeah. And there was maybe, this goal. Maybe if he keeps performing like this, there's a good chance he gets a start. Like let's see how that's it goes. True. That's true. Newcastle have really picked up in the last few weeks. Anyways, like they, hmm. I thought they were ever since Saint Maximin retired from injury. I yeah, I think that's the what their. I think their whole season has oh. been around Saint Maxima because Saint Maxima, when he's played consistently, hmm. they've actually looked pretty good quite for quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I think in the start also they were doing well. Is in complete disarray. Hmm. He made Wilson look good in the first half of the season. I think the first. Well, two, Wilson Wilson has always you know, has the same problem. He's just hmm. injury prone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they had this goal disallowed where the keeper kicked the ball up when and it hit. Uh, uh, what do you say, Wilson's arm? The yeah, first yeah, goal yeah, was disallowed. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that should have been disallowed? Well, the the law here is weird. Like, if any sort of contact with the attacking player's hand is always going to be given as handball. So that's what the rule is. I don't yeah, personally I mean, really agree with the rule. I think if you're exactly this kind of rule for defenders, keep it the same for attackers, maybe. But yeah, he but, didn't have like a I don't want to get into second to move his hand, and it was also connected to his body, so. We'll always we'll have a VAR discussion later on. Anyways, I don't want to have mm. too much of VAR. Honestly, it's exhausting. Like, it will take time. I think I I've just accepted the fact that this is not going to work uh, instantly. 
there'll mm. be a lot of work that has to be done because these guys are late in adopting like the premier league is late in adopting the thing also so i think we need a bit of time to flesh it out and actually to perfect it and to modify the laws of the game according to var so that things are in a better place of in mm. a few months time or a few years time yeah that makes sense yeah okay mm. so now i think uh, i don't think you like what we're going to talk about next it's the arsenal game oh so, my god Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this. Go ahead. My God, you know it's the thing. First of all, we were playing with a really injured squad and everything. Lacazette wasn't there, Aubameyang wasn't there, Odegaard didn't start. I didn't expect much. I expected at least to draw or even to lose in a better way. You know, if you're losing with heart or something, you understand. Okay, the team gave it a fight. Yeah. How the fuck did Leno let that in, dude? How? that was uh, yeah i i that's indefensible honestly i can't i can't i can't like i i you know how i uh, i am towards keepers right yeah. i'm always uh, try to be in their corner and i try to but this one is like even i can't do it man sorry <laughs> so oh, i can't come on you're that. a professional keeper earning 150k per week your team's doing yeah. well and like they're about to score a goal they always look like they're about to score a goal and then on one counter where it's not even short like it's a shot that you have to save he passed it to you why did you let it in i'm like God, it was just it just summed up Arsenal's Arsenal season. season quite well. Exactly, I, I just it said just that it just bundled. summed up Arsenal's season. Yeah, where they're attacking everything, they're trying to get that goal. It looked like the games in November or December where they're trying to get the goal desperately, but they can't. Hmm. And then the other team counters and they scores. And like my God, what else can I say, dude? I just <laughs> hope Lacazette or Aubameyang, one of them is back. I think Aubameyang is back in training. For the game against oh, okay. Villarreal, like, that's against. Well, that thing, was right? malaria. Like that's a like I read it initially, but then a few weeks later I read it again. I'm like, dude, malaria. That's that. That's a surprising one, isn't it? Like you don't hear yeah. and many people getting malaria nowadays. I think the last time I heard like anyone, any player, football player, get malaria was Didier Dog Drogba, and that tweet was deleted in five minutes, saying that he's recovered. Do you remember that? <laughs> Nah, I don't. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> you have to look it up, dude. It was jokes. I think Carlo Ancelotti said Didier Dogba is down with malaria. And five minutes later, the tweet says Carlo Ancelotti has said that Didier Dogba has recovered. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> But yeah, dude. I think. Even well, if- uh, we have to talk about Arteta now. Like, I think. Uh, he's been given a lot of leeway let's like at least from my perspective i saw i thought like this is a rebuilding season like you'll have to forgive these mistakes it's a young young manager his first I major mean, club and here's uh, the thing though how can you blame arteta for what happened in the game i mean he's a good man okay i'm not even going let's well, give the man supposed to score a goal weren't they like that's kind of the objective of the game so exactly and they looked like they were scoring they were trying they couldn't find the net because that eddie and ketty up front I mean, you can't blame Arteta. Well, okay, the... fine. Don't look. At, no, I'm not talking about this game only. I'm talking about the whole season and the okay. result, kind of so, results that they've I, had. I think most of the results. Okay, I'll give seventy percent of them to the players and everything where they've missed chances. You can't expect. I've seen Aubameyang and Lacazette miss so hmm. many chances. Yeah. Even Martinelli, like play. What do you say? Selfishly and everything, and they've missed so many chances. And then you can't blame the ma- manager for everything. No, and that's then, not what I'm doing. Like that's what, like that's why I'm asking you this question because I think you are in a much better place to answer this than I am. So I'm I mean, posing this question to you. Let me just pose it once. Hmm. What kind of job do you think Mikel Arteta has done this season with this team? I mean, he's doing a very average job. I mean, it's like for his second season at Arsenal, I think. I think hmm. his first full season, hmm. it's pretty average. 
and okay. like okay we went on a run without a goal of like a month or something hmm. and like yeah he set up set us up tactically we have 60% of the possession we're trying to score and we can't the team was on a bad run hmm. we can't really help it and fine i think in christmas when we beat chelsea 3-1 that was the start of a good run yeah i think after christmas arsenal have been in the top 6 or something since the premier league it doesn't it doesn't matter but like if you're looking at it as an improving standpoint hmm. and seeing the vision and everything i think it it works pretty well he is still I mean, so many fans want him out, saying that he's not getting results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how can you blame that guy for results like Everton or even Tottenham in the first half and everything mm-hmm. and everything? There are some results which are just down don't are just not down to the manager. Okay. If the players aren't converting the chances mm. and the keeper is playing like he has butter on his gloves, you can't mm. really blame the manager then, can you? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no. Plus, no, I wasn't, amount, I, I wasn't out I to criticize him, honestly. Yeah, I understand. Of course, yeah. he's had the worst track record out of all the three managers. He deserves Not even that. Team. Like, I was just asking, like, I thought, like, I'll tell you from how I see it, okay? So, mm-hmm. what my problem, like, why I'm asking these questions now is because, like, you talked about the slump, okay? The slump happened, fine. Kind of expected. The squad is not uh, set up yeah. well. the older players aren't aren't the leaders that you need fair but then the younger crop comes in smithro saka these guys pick up the slack these guys start putting in the work odegaard comes in odegaard is a positive then the defense is getting more settled like guys like pablo mari and uh, yeah. gabriel and these guys have started improving right tierney i mean yes uh, tierney was an excellent one i think the loss of tierney is a huge huge one for this yeah, game it also showed uh, in the everton game that jaka can't actually be oh yeah I, I, i saw that yes yes yeah. i watched a bit of the game so i realized that that jaka at left back is a is a is it it's not even work. his fault it's not even both both sides even callum chambers is not the best at that like he's a good crosser but he can't like he has the van bissaka problem like he can't beat his man and get into that space and actually put the ball in yeah. so Yeah, I, uh, like I'm not, uh, I'm not out to crucify the guy. So that is why I'm like, I was just wondering, like if, uh, like the, 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 there are problems. There are, and some of them might actually originate with the manager as well. Like, but yeah, but he see, has been unlucky with injuries. I think you're absolutely right. That's so there. I, I was mean, a bit I, too harsh I, I on. I agree. Looking agree. at his uh, overall track record, maybe yeah. It's his second season, and I agree. Some of the games which he set us up tactically completely mm. incorrect, like against the mm. Liverpool game, we got absolutely mm. battered. And the, yeah. both the Man City games, even though the score was one nil, they were toying with us. We had yeah. no chance of scoring. Oh anything. yeah, and the last one was uh, that. That was just a poor game to watch. Like even yeah, City... I mean, I still don't understand how Sterling won a header over holding. Oh yeah, but, that was yeah. a poor, poor goal to concede. Yeah, that was just poor. Like that's the. that that but uh, that kind of defensive positioning and uh, set piece uh, awareness and these kinds of things like handling crosses and stuff like that quite mm. a lot of teams have problems there we'll talk a bit about it later like i i have a few thoughts so uh, let's move on to chelsea west ham let's uh, okay let's just uh, start with the elephant in the room let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the red card that ridiculous red card which made no sense to me see i have a different opinion here go ahead go ahead so first you explain and then i'll maybe try to counter and explain my okay, point okay so what basically happened was balbuena is kicking the ball okay hmm. balbuena is kicking the ball ben chilwell is trying to close him down so the hmm. he kicks the ball and the and the ball is obviously cleared like it's cross chilwell obviously like chilwell is nowhere hmm. near the ball but then chilwell and balbuena get very close and in the follow through of that balbuena uh, balbuena studs like he just sticks him into chilwell because that's the like he's trying to kick a ball and then suddenly a guy comes across him 
well, where the hell is Balbuena supposed to go? His foot goes through Chilwell. The goal thing, whole, whole thing goes to VAR and uh, Balbuena sent off. Okay, go. Like, uh, yeah, so here's the I, thing. I want to listen to your explanation. Like, your now, I'll that. explain it from the referee standpoint and what me and my dad saw. Okay, even my dad helped yeah, me out yeah. with this. I first thought yeah, it was yeah, go ahead, not go a ahead. red because he cleared it, but then I explained what I saw in the thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly what happened. Valbana cleared the ball, Chilver tried to close him down. Then the whole thing went to VAR and it was not the VAR's call this time. It was the mm. referee's call. They called him and they yeah, advised yeah, yeah. him to take yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'll explain what I think the referee saw. When yeah. Valbuena's leg was put on Chilwell, you see that mm-hmm. his knee straightened. Was that okay. intentional or unintentional? I am not aware of that. You can't exactly see what a player is thinking. But yeah. when the knee straightened, I think that's when the studs went in and that's when it was decided it was a red card. Because okay. if he was just clearing it, his boot mm-hmm. should have like at least hit it or fallen off or something and not completely follow through. Mm-hmm. And first of all, if he's clearing the ball, why is, st- why is his studs up while it's kicking Chilwell? Shouldn't his boot or something hit him? If you look at it that way, I think that's what the referee maybe, saw. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, like, I, I, if I had to talk about it, I think it was, it's it's like, see, ball clearing follow-throughs, especially when there's a guy coming, right? The There is a, you, uh, like, your your body will always instinctively try and protect you. So, yeah, like, so, if you're trying to keep your foot up, like, especially, like, you're, you're trying to land your foot, right? Especially after a period, yeah. because... But then, when he like your foot is supposed to go back, right? After he's cleared it, like if you kicked the ball, and then your foot foot will try and come back in the same motion and come down. But that's when Chilwell comes in, and Chilwell is interrupting that motion, and that is why I think that Balbuena had no nothing to do. Like he couldn't really help it. Like, like sometimes he's seen those follow throughs, and we've seen them some follow throughs which are like the John Stones one. That was ridiculous yeah. because he was just going in incorrectly. Balbuena wasn't going into the tackle incorrectly, in my opinion. So, like, you have to look at where he's going in from rather than what he's doing during the follow-through. Because during the follow-through, it's very hard. Like, you play football, right? Even I do. Yeah. So, it's very hard for you to realize those kinds of things and, like, try and capture yourself after clearing the ball. So, I think going into the tackle is what should be your criteria for the red card. Yeah, see, the thing is, then we have to like fix the rule and law, everything. So yes, I yes, can't yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So you can't blame no, the referee. You bar can't, for no, the decision no, was Chris Cavanaugh. No. He's to blame. No, see, even that is there. Even in the law, mm. if it's like a serious foul play and his boot uh, studs went in. Endangering your opponent is what per se. Yeah, he endangered his opponent, whether be it yeah. intentional or unintentional. Mm-hmm. That's completely up for debate and that's different. That doesn't change mm. if it's a foul by the rule and the law or not. Mm. And here's the thing. I think the straightening his knee was the part where the referee decided that, no, this is a red card and a danger okay. foul play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I understand, you know. And to yeah, be fair, I, I get your point, Ayush. I, like, you're not, like, I understand, like, what you're trying to explain and you're trying to look at it from the referee's perspective and I appreciate that also that yeah. we, we need like, somebody we need uh, as viewers we need to look at it there from have the to person be two person. sides of what you say the argument yes, 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 there's yes, not yes, just yes. one clear answer that could have been a really serious injury to Chilwell oh I mean, yes 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 I'm not there. denying that at all that's fair absolutely you're right yes mm-hmm. but so, in, uh, like you talked about that like uh, you talked about the uh, the follow through again and mm-hmm. I don't like. Uh, okay, yeah, endangering your opponent and all is fine, but uh, like you have to like. There has to be subjectivity, and you have like there have been worse incidences, incidents that we've seen where the red card has not been given. For example, Maguire, he basically oh, tried yeah. to kick Rudiger in the chest, right? 
But yeah, in yeah, the yeah. law and the rule, there is no, what do you say, criteria for intention or non-intention, you know. Even mm-hmm. when the defender is pulling out of the tackle and he gets the player, mm-hmm. he might get a red card, even though he's trying to get away. So, I mean, that's all part for the rule and law and you can't actually, I've seen yeah. many people rant for the referee. And the only mm-hmm. reason why it didn't get so much hate was because it didn't actually change the fixture or the result of the fixture. I think yeah. the game was settled at 1-0 and we're lucky that it did not create such a havoc. If it was a yeah, because it, it, it didn't look like West Ham were going to do something about this. Oh yeah, they... West Ham were absolutely dominated in that game, and like yeah, I think even though Lingard, that Chelsea yeah. thing, like that, that when thing that thing clicks, it clicks and it clicks really, really well. They've been in a really good form for the last two months, yeah. and like apart yeah. from the what do you say, West Brom blip, they're quite yeah, unstoppable. They've, they've they've done well. They've been a solid, solid team, and you have to give Chelsea credit for that game. Well, Werner scored good for him. That's a good goal. Um, he still he missed a few goal. chances. He missed a few lots. Oh, chances. yeah. That's sitter. That's an absolute sitter. Yeah. You have to finish I, that. You can't defend I still it. Think that that was just the, poor. I think you could see I the think, lack of confidence. The, the, the guy still is having teething problems. As yeah, a, I mean, that's the problem. I thought his confidence issue for at least that game would have been fixed after he got the goal. But even yeah, then, but I like, think you was, can't predict these man like the, the answer yeah. to those kinds of questions only are with thomas tuchel and timo werner like did you see thomas tuchel's reaction to that miss he couldn't believe it but i can't imagine it being any good exactly he couldn't believe his eyes he's just stressed like my god what do i need to do for this guy and yeah well no i think thomas tuchel will believe i think thomas tuchel like he might be very stoic and the, all those things but i think for the players like I think he's uh, he's he's trying hard, Werner. He's putting in the effort. So he's I think putting he's in the it. effort, and that's why I really like him. I like the guy because he's the yeah okay. He's not scoring, and it's hurting him. It's hurting his confidence. You can see it with the relief that he had with the goal he scored. But that doesn't mean he's not going to do the other parts of his game well. Like he's always giving it an effort. He's always pushing it, and he's always ready to perform for the team. So to give it a thought. Chelsea are performing and they've gone up six positions and are in the semi-finals of the Champions League without mm. a striker who's in form. I can imagine them being, what do you say, title contenders next season if Timo Werner starts bagging goals. I don't think they're stopping. Yeah, I think I, because they have so many attacking options, I think they could do so many different things, and that would be fascinating to watch. Like what exactly, how exactly Chelsea approach this uh, next season? So I think they might be more of a competition to Man City next season than Liverpool with the form they're looking in. I don't know. I think if Virgil Van Dijk comes back, and I think Liverpool are actually get in some guys in their forward line, and like they they need to cycle it. They yeah. they can't let this thing like they can't stagnate it like they need to I think they need to change one of those front three I wouldn't change Firmino personally because I Firmino adds a lot to your game I would put him uh, a little back where they played him in the camp position I think that's a good position for him even maybe, against maybe he was making I think, some I, good think can, they, they, I think Salah should be the one they should try and get, uh, sell because I think that's the one they'll get the most value out of because Mane has not had a good season I think yeah, you should that back line uh, that front line and. Uh, when you're with your defenders back, I think Liverpool could be in, like the next year the title race could be like out of this world, honestly. 
with yeah. chelsea right there united you can't count out honestly speaking because oh, well, yeah, they, if if they make the right the moves i think a lot of teams could be in contention next season and it could be really fun to watch i don't think anyone's stopping them if ronaldo signs for united and i really Man, want to see that that, that that that's a that's a fantasy for uh, people who believe that ronaldo is still going to work I think he'll work, dude. He's just Ronaldo, Maybe. you know. He'll, he'll fit I, into this. I, I just don't uh, like. I don't know. I'm not as confident. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm not. I'm. I'm not the keenest guy on that reunion, man. I'm not the biggest Ronaldo guy around. So I think I'm the wrong person to ask. Also, maybe. Plus the Portuguese link up, I just think it'll be too good to see Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo just linking up. And okay, I don't yeah, know. I think I, I think I think United have more pressing worries. Anyways, they have to sign up Bruno and Pogba for the next season because that's true. Because Pogba yeah. is important now, and I think Pogba is finally finding his groove, and I think they can really do well with him for going forward especially if their their recruitment has to be correct and they can't be stingy this year like the stupid thing they did with Sancho they can't mm-hmm. afford to do those things again okay we let, no, may as well start talking about the united game only the, the terribly boring draw oh yeah i mean to be fair to leeds they got 3 points against city with a man down mm-hmm. they got a draw against chelsea they got a draw against mm-hmm. man united they're looking good They, they've they've improved defensively. I think Bielsa has exactly. uh, has turned that part of the team around. Like they're they he's maybe just for bigger games and everything. He's switched off his the only defense I know is the attack. complete man marking uh, concept, right? I think they've they modified it a bit. No, but Bielsa has always done that. He's always believed in modifying, and I think he learns a lot when he plays teams because teams have specific ways of playing, right? Like they yeah, have specific patterns and stuff like that. In the championship also. And like Leeds made that chant also. We'll Leeds United and we'll spy where we want. Yeah, we yeah. No, not even the spying. Like, uh, like just like uh, he the the spy gate that you're talking about. He held a press conference afterwards and he yeah, really went into detail about how he approaches games and the kind of tactical analysis that they do on opposition and uh, how they try and find. Pa- so I think that is why they play those games. And then mm-hmm. once they played their games, then they realize, okay, these are the kinds of tweaks we can do to how we play in order to combat the opposition and to uh, uh, and to undercut the opposition's strengths. So uh, they did well here. But I think the major uh, best way to describe this game is that both teams just lacked a cutting edge. Like oh, yeah. they were they were they got into attacking areas but they just did not the final ball was not there there were so many rudimentary errors both sides had that problem because leeds were also counter attacking well like they were getting into good areas but they just did not the final ball was missing i think And, they were missing rafinha a lot man he's not been there yeah they are missing yeah. but yeah especially because i think helder costa is not like the best case scenario in that position anyways and yeah i think he's Raf- not the he best alternative rafinha that really yeah helps. he's the powerhouse rafinha he's just an amazing yeah, player yeah rafinha is everywhere he's an excellent mm-hmm. player okay so i i don't think we have no, there was not much on. to the game there i guess yeah i think we can move on to the leicester game i think you were watching this one quite attentively so oh yeah so i'm not sure if i predicted the score correctly in my article let me just pull that out i predicted the leicester southampton score also and i told you let me like if leicester lose then i'll have to edit my article before yeah. putting it and then yeah. wait well we Dude, didn't edit I, it after the game so uh, it was crystal it. palace now i said 2-0 yeah. for crystal palace they win 2-1 fair enough i was close enough i got the two goals 
and kelechi yeah. oh dude one more thing so uh-huh. i think man city just uh, leicester city solved man city striker problem ask how they didn't get kelechi in a two back no they have a buyback clause on him exactly yeah 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 they have a buyback clause work, exactly and kelechi in a two might actually work that's a very good that's a very interesting idea that you've just come up with because like kelechi nacho works well with other attacking players who are going to be more uh, like uh, they'll be the prime uh, guy being marked out or the like the first threat basically like guys like de bruyne and gundogan and sterling and kelechi nacho works very well in the shadows and he plays in the half spaces and those kinds of things and he really lo- links up well his passing is excellent so i think nacho for might be a good option for city they i think they should consider him at least It's, exactly. It might be too early in terms of the form that he struck, but uh, it's not a bad uh, bad shout at all. Like uh, really Plus, interesting. I'm not sure if Harry Kane would be sold by Levy to a direct rival or competitor at least in the league. And Danny uh, Ings injury. Come up with the money. Levy is going to sell. I mean, yeah, but I'd rather see them buy back Inacho. I think he'll do better there. I know. I know. My first choice is Danny Ings. To be very honest, I think Danny Ings could work so well with that front line. I think I've convinced you on that thought, haven't I? Yeah, no, no, because I I watched that. Uh, do, do you remember that flick for Stuart Armstrong's goal a couple of weeks ago? That flick, no. I was I'm such a fan of that move, particular move, and the two Even goals, if... uh, like the goal that he scored afterwards, and like yeah. I was like, oh God, get this guy into a big big team because Telling you, man, this he's guy disrespected. is he's disrespected. He's 28 years old. He has age in him. He's performing on top level with Southampton. Have you seen them? They've lost the injuries, nine years. Man, the injuries are such a problem. Exactly, it's such he a should problem. be. I mean, if it wasn't for the even the goal against Spurs, the header where he placed it into the bottom corner where Loris couldn't even get it, dude. He's just a very good striker. Oh yeah, I no think. doubt about it. No doubt about it. The the, the 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 header goal you're talking about, excellent goal that one. Yes, he has that striker's instinct, dude, and he's made oh, it no, from no, the. And it's Being not a... just that he's a poacher or a striker; like he does a lot of things. That's the part that impressed me the most. His link-up his play his... is quite like Kane's. You know, I'm more impressed by than his actual goal-scoring ability. Yeah, he'll actually do well with the youngsters at Man City. You know, he'll be like yeah, like he'll score uh... and finish the dinner and everything. He's a dynamic guy, and I think dynamic players work very well well off together. So I think that is why I think the Dannying shout. Is an excellent one. Like I think uh, you were on on that bandwagon a bit earlier than I was. So yeah, credit to you for that. But I'm I'm a I'm a huge guy for Danny Ings to Man City, please. So yeah, yeah. it'll work. I'm telling you, it'll work. They'll manage it. They'll work it. I'm telling if, you. If if it go, if he goes, like I think we'll we'll be both on be on the on that bandwagon. Yeah, oh, that I'll buy that jersey. Awesome I don't care if I'm wearing the Man City logo. I'll just have Danny Ings written on my back. And, you know, <laughs> Just supporting that guy, you know, there are some fun players to support, like Danny Ings. Ah, yeah, Bob, no, I agree, I agree. Yeah, not, you know, these English lads, you just feel for them. Yeah, no, Tony Martial is that guy for me. I, I'll always be on that Tony Martial so bandwagon. I mean, but that's still in your club, right? Like apart from your yeah, club, yeah, no, but still, like, like just some yourself. guys that you just attach yourself to, right? Like it can be from yeah. any club. Like, exactly, like I had a, true. I had a similar thing for Andre Arshavan though. Like Andre Arshavan was my first guy, the guy I like, the first footballer that I fell in love with was Andre Arshavan. So. It didn't really matter what team it supported, like just just some guys exactly. just, you just click with. Hmm. Fair, fair. Yeah. Moving on to the next game, which was. Mm. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's uh, let's talk about uh, the hat trick. You know what? Oh. Christian Wood was my captain for fantasy this week. <laughs> really? yeah. How did you predict that? 
I, I it was kind of a mistake like he was on my team obviously okay. I can understand that yeah. part so I was I, my first choice was actually Diogo Jota because Newcastle like I was like oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. but then, then the thing that you talked about remember the the that relegation teams are always battling right yeah, I told you this no? that's a that's a very good shout like I was I, I was very impressed like I was like oh this god happen. identity the five <laughs> now the five weeks left the five game weeks You'll see West Brom play like prime Barcelona and moments and everything. You'll see Fulham run their asses off, dude. Yeah, they, they, these teams would not give a shit now. They, these guys are going all out. Like these are like, if you're relegated, we're relegated. If you're not, we're not. Let's just go yeah, with it. Like, they're also fighting for their wages, dude. Apart from yeah. Sheffield United, that's a lost cause. West Ham and Fulham and West Brom are fighting. Ki nahi, yaar. Well, yeah, it's Premier sport. League. So yeah, I I don't think either of those teams will get out of the relegation zone, but they're giving a bloody good but go. They have so. a good fight, you know. That's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. think even Liverpool are yeah, going to no, have no, a really good fight. Your shout was absolutely right. Like uh, mm-hmm. I have to give it to you. Like you were you were on this before. You've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I have to give you credit for that. All this last year, dude, Aston Villa and West Ham, when they started performing in the last yeah. few weeks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Antonio was like, I'm not giving one bit of my wages to these cunts. Dude, I'm saying. <laughs> Just didn't want a wage cut, did he? Okay, let's yeah. talk about the hat trick. Like, like good hat trick. It was great. Good, good hat trick. I think. Uh, I think the second goal was a long, a bit of a long ranger kind of thing. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I think that was good from far. Yeah, but dude, and uh, the he set up the fourth goal well also. That was a good, good pass. And uh, Ashley Wedwood shot for that one was excellent. Would have had five. They had another offside rule off too. That even Vidra scored or something. Jeez, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. That was a close one. Quite yeah. that game. And yeah. you know what's the most Burnley thing that happened in the game? It was not the four goals. That never happens <laughs> with Burnley. The most Burnley thing was at the 88th minute. They went to the corner and they were holding the ball while being four nil up against West uh, Wolves. Four nil. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit housery they displayed, dude. Well, I think they just like I think they were just like, taking the. It pet, works dude. for them. Like I, 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 like some people are always like kind of cribbing about it. But I don't get it after a point. Like that's just a different way of playing, and you should embrace that because that's kind of what football and sports is about. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it every bit. That was the most shit house moment I've seen all week. Yeah, and it's and it's and like good on them. Somebody has to do the shit out thing also because yeah. that's something like that just gives you different dimensions and different aspects to the game, and you explore different parts of it. And Plus, uh, always you know, fun to I, watch something like that. You know, the thing is, I didn't even watch the first half because, like, I don't think even the Burnley squad. I didn't watch decide... it all. I just watched the highlights because, like, why would I? Yeah. I, I yeah. thought because these are two of the most boring teams last season. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the best part is, even I don't think even the Burnley squad players just wake up one day and be like, "Oh, all right, we're gonna score four goals today and we're gonna put up a show." I don't think. Well, when Mike McNeil always tries to put up, uh, put on a show, like whenever he's on the pitch, like I have to, like we have to give him credit. Yeah. Like he's always trying things. He's always got an excellent cross on him, and uh, yeah, I, I believe that Dwight there. McNeil should be uh, look like teams should be looking at him as an option. This season, he's not been very, very injury prone. Also, he's improved on that aspect. Also, so and Burnley have done well. Obviously, like they've had a solid season. The, the kind I think Vidra is also have. an interesting youngster to look into. Which Vidra? one? Vidra. Vidra. Ma- Matej Vidra. Yeah. No, no, he's old. He's old. He's very old, old honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good chance he's 33 or something. I'm not exactly sure on the age. You'll have to check, but he's old. He was I playing for. He he's been playing in this league for a long, long time. Championship. He's been playing for a long, long time. Should I just have to take that back then? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. No, no. Vidra is a. Uh, Vidra has been up and down uh, for a long, long mm. time. Like he's been playing everywhere. He's 
turned up in random places like kind of a, a bit like Jamie Vardy but i think Jamie Vardy after a certain point was just up and up and up mm. and uh, vidra i think was not uh, as low as Jamie Vardy in terms of like uh, starting like from Ashley Barnes and side, like, some of these yeah. guys right who have been playing championship a long time uh, mm. the perfect example billy sharp billy mm. sharp has been a championship like an excellent striker for the championship but premier league just couldn't like there's a gap right like there's a yeah. quite some of these guys fit in dwight gale is one of those guys who fits in really well in the championship but he can't just go up to the he next levels do it in newcastle yeah 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 so these guys like he's in that bracket vidra has always been in that bracket mm. moving on yeah. i think the next game yeah let's uh, let's move on to the next one uh, okay so villa west brom i don't think either of us watched this no but i think as you said it would have been an in- interesting game of the best of the weekend 2-2 yeah well it's a, it's it might have it most likely is the best game of the weekend because See, like most of these games weren't very interesting let's be honest like which which game was actually interesting like i mean of any of these i think the arsenal everton one might have been interesting even and, the liverpool uh, newcastle seeing how liverpool can't finish i didn't watch leicester crystal palace i was just looking at the score in the first half One nil down. Mm. Shit, shit, shit! Is my prediction already <laughs> wrong before even putting up the article? Yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. won. I'm like, okay, fair. <laughs> But yeah, I think as I said, the relegation fighting side, West Brom put up a performance against Aston Villa also. Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. They fought. So yeah, I mean, I think Aston Villa are doing pretty okay without Jack Grealish. They're not missing him like they, they've, they've kind of figured it out a bit, haven't they? They yeah. look much better now. Like they. Yeah, like uh, guys like El Ghazi and Traore Ghazi, and these yeah. guys have come into shape. Like they've taken on more responsibility. Oli Watkins has been very interesting because he's he's a bit like Bamford. Also, he's always running around. He's always involved. His link-up play is good. He's learning the ropes quite well. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I think Said Benarama was some a guy like that West Ham would have expected similar things out of. But I think West Ham are playing at a higher level, so Benarama has a bit more of a leap to make. And, I think uh, his I think finishing good, but I think Ollie Watkins is doing well. I think his finishing hasn't been up to the top in his uh, spot, and he's not actually a striker. Well, yeah, striker. that's kind of like that's always been a problem with championship strikers. They take a bit of time to figure out how to score in the Premier League, and uh, yeah, like Danny Vardy in a couple of seasons do good. that, and look at him, then look at him. Like look, he was scoring twelve goals in a row. Like nobody else has yeah. done that. So I think his last goal also was amazing. The volley he scored from outside the box, you know, the half volley. The Oli Watkins. I don't remember oh, that goal. Vardy, Vardy. Ah, okay. Vardy is in a bit of a slump as a scoring thing, but yeah, I think the Inacio thing is working quite well. We we've talked a bit about it already. So mm. I think Villa West Brom. We don't really have to go into like. Do you, is there anything else we have to discuss there? I don't West think Brom so. West Brom put in a West Brom match. Like Allardyce sent them out, fight yeah. as much as possible. Villa most likely were the better team. The penalty was harsh. I thought the penalty that West Brom got was harsh. Oh, I was. Yeah. I didn't see that incident because Konza like that was soft. Like Konza went around him a bit, and like he just the guy. I just mean, fell just, every I think, player. Oh, now I think even the Villa down. penalty was a bit harsh. Like the penalty think, Villa got. So now that's the thing. No, every player falls down just when he feels a bit of contact. Yeah, you know, it's They're like uh, it's, it's just a foul by the rules. So why not just take the penalty? Yeah, so, the kind of ruining well, the game. The game's gone soft, but yeah. It's What a bit of do? an issue. Like they have to figure these things out. They they have to be more proactive. The pro- lack of proactivity is my problem. Like they don't they don't talk about. Oh, okay, these are the kind of problems they are having. Okay, this decision, this is the thing. Like they 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 take take too long. The bureaucracy is slow. I think that's their biggest problem. The biggest problem with the referee associations and 
because these guys are being sent out to be massacred and mm. and especially nowadays it's so hard like like the lucky thing not a lot of uh, referees are black because then it would have been horrible like the amount the kind of treatment they would have got unimaginably bad that's true so let's think that was it for the premier league weekend yeah i think we uh, okay so this is an important thing that we have to talk about like i don't know if a lot of people are fans of this but uh, i'm a huge fan because i am a as you know i'm a basketball guy i love basketball so mm. the hall of fame concept makes a lot of sense to me quite a lot of people kind of unhappy with it they're like i think the eh, unhappiness is really the players in the bracket which fell off from after 1992 for the people mm. to be eligible right but yeah. to be fair the premier league the title premier league came into f- action and form in 1992 mm. so i don't think it's not it's the premier league hall of fame it's not the english league hall of fame yeah no I but guess. i think i think they should like okay started from there started from the 1992 thing that's fine yeah. but i think long term you have to con- like imagine guys like matt busby and bill shankly and herbert chapman and uh, jimmy greaves and bobby charlton and these guys not being in that hall of fame like what like bobby charlton is not in the hall of fame the guy who won you the world cup like are you kidding me bobby moore is not in the hall of fame yeah, captain yeah, for the bobby 1966 world cup like those guys have to be in there yeah i think they have think to for a beginning i am fine with it but i think long term they have to expand it to the uh, for, uh, like english football hall of fame or call it the premier league hall of fame only but you have to include those guys the guys who are the foundation for 1992 and the guys who led you to become this the biggest league in the world so I mean, I just hope Harry Kane gets that award, so he has some award to keep when he sleeps. Well, he'll you know, get it someday. From... Like there is no way he's not getting it because I have a feeling that if Harry Kane sticks around in the Premier League, Harry Kane is going to beat Shearer's record. He can, he can, but he is about... he's on pace to do it. Like he's already got like 150 Premier League goals, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's the highest without a trophy. I mean, on any silver. Well, yeah, level. those kinds of things. Like, like even Shearer wasn't a serial winner. He won with Blackburn once, but he when he went to Newcastle, he never won. And I think he he was quite happy with his Newcastle career because he was. It meant like trophy trophies wasn't the thing that he was at Newcastle for. It was his home, mm. and I think I don't know if um, like that we had that Harry Kane discussion before, anyways. Mm. So okay, let's let's talk about the Hall of Fame proper. The two guys that have been selected obviously are Thierry Henry wrong with that and yeah, uh, Alan Shearer like, like no no there is no I thing. think they were the two, two guys those are the two guys I would have chosen yeah i mean they'll have six more candidates as you said right yes six more candidates will be voted in like the voting is open now so anybody who's watching this if it's mm. before may 9th you can go and vote vote at the premier league site or in the app or wherever and uh, like vote for I the think, guy you want the most in the hall of fame so okay, think, my question to you now is like these two guys are in there is no debate about it obvious hmm. reasons thierry henry in his time like the best striker in the league easy alan shearer is the highest goal scorer one of the best player, yeah. like like no like he was the best striker when he was around and consistent goal scorer all the time he was scoring goals like they were, i he never dropped off Henry was part of the Invincibles team, the greatest Premier League individual like season that we've ever seen, mm. and uh, so uh, there is nothing to talk about here. Like I think they're fairly obvious. So let's talk about the six guys that you would want to go in. So I'll choose three. You can okay. choose three, or we'll choose yeah. two each, and two of them we'll debate. So like two yeah, certainties yeah. from both our sides, and one one we'll have to pitch to the other. 
to convince okay. the other to agree with us. Okay. Works. So, you start. Thank you for doing that because I'm going to take tennis bird cam. <laughs> okay. Dennis Burkamp is excellent. Dennis Burkamp is a magician. Dennis Burkamp is one of my favorite Premier League players and I love Dennis Burkamp so much that See, flick I'll... against Newcastle I have watched that thing hundreds of times and every time like I've tried it in person like I've tried that thing out that's the move that I was like I have to fucking learn this I have to learn this because it is so good and Dennis Burkamp his mind just worked differently to anybody around him and Oh my god I am such a big fan and I'm so in love with Dennis Bergkamp I can't even like I there is no more words for me so I'm really trying <laughs> to but I, I haven't watched him like in like a live scene or something Oh no it's even I haven't highlight. watched him live dude but like the things that you the highlights I saw and like the like the YouTube clips like that's all we can do right we aren't from Oh yeah place, so. exactly big fan oh. big fan Big I wasn't big going fan. with that approach though so ex- go on oh, Okay go ahead yeah go ahead with no, your, your second one. pair Oh, you want no, to you choose first, and then I will choose again. I think I would, I would go for Gerard, you know, for his impact with Liverpool and everything. That okay, I, I mean, don't really like. This is your uh, choice, choice. Like you have certainty, kind of. I'm, I, I don't. I think the problem with this is, especially because it's called the PL Hall of Fame, is Gerard never won the Premier League. That is the biggest I, issue there. I like mean, he should that... be in there. He should be in there, but as a, as part of the first batch of entrants, I would. I would question it a bit. Like I'm not saying he shouldn't be there. Like any of the guys we'll come up with, they will come go into the Hall of Fame at some point in time. So that yeah, is why Gerard. Like even I, I think I these agree first there. set of guys, now they should come from three teams, in my opinion, then, or max to max four. Like they Chelsea, should be Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. Man United, Arsenal, and and maybe Man City because Man City in yeah. recent times have won a lot. So maybe yeah. like that's the maybe. So don't misconstrue oh, that. The I three teams that have to be majorly part of this. Are uh, the the three? three Gerard, yeah. I think I'll then removing Gerard from the first six nominations. Oh, I think okay, I convinced for... you of it. Great. I thought you'll be more kind. Like no, we didn't no, talk I about mean, this beforehand, so I'm not. I agree with your that. point. He hasn't yeah. won the Premier League or anything. Yeah, I think so, that's like, an important part of it, right? And 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 Gerard's best, the best of Gerard that we saw, 2005. I've seen yeah. that game. I've seen that game. Uh, like replay the whole game multiple times, and Gerard just takes hold of that game like nobody else. Like he's basically holds the game by the scruff of his neck, and he like this. We are not going down like this because Liverpool were abysmal in the first half, mm-hmm. and then he just completely romps like everything in that game. Everything he he did not score two of the goals. The, the only score he's, goal he scored is a penalty. But, but yeah, the impact he is so crucial to that to come back, and that is that is why I think if there was a Champions League Hall of Fame, yeah, that I would be one of the top nominees. Yeah, I would have yeah. put him there. So I think I'd yeah. switch my pick to Lampard. Yeah, well, yeah, I I can't. I think he's that. the highest goal scoring midfielder. Yes. And wow, what a player he was! Dude. The amount of fans he's what a career, and, and he he invented like he was he was part of that set of players like the late arrivals, like uh, mm-hmm. very impressive goal scoring impact and uh, yeah, dude, always from uh, midfielder. You know the goals he scored from midfield. It was. Absolutely phenomenal. And, and I don't even long, long career. He he was even doing well at West Ham and like Chelsea. Like they won so much. And, yeah, dude. Uh, I think he was part of the important part of their Champions League squad. And uh, he's uh, won everything with Chelsea. I think there's yeah, there is no doubt about that pick at all. Like I think Frank Lampard has to go in. Who's your pick next? My second pick is all another personal, personal one because it's Eric Cantona. 
he changed everything that okay, man yeah. changed everything hmm. he won the uh, the last season before uh, the premier league was established was won by cantona he won it for leeds and hmm. then he switched to manchester united because he was a very hard person to i've read a lot about cantona uh, i've read a couple of books on him i've watched a couple of documentaries so i'm a, i was very cantona is the guy the first guy that i've wanted to see live like the biggest regret of from me, for me for football from a footballing perspective first is eric cantona not watching him live and the second is not experiencing 90s italian football so mm. so it's uh, uh, cantona he such a catalyst like he's basically i think the modern day version of uh, eric cantona if manchester united in the next 4 years set up a team that wins the league is always in league contention and like 7 years down the line they go end up and end up winning the champions league that's bruno fernandes and bruno fernandes is the catalyst for it that's cantona's impact to this team he mm. basically established manchester united as a force again he was the biggest like he was the final piece in that puzzle that ferguson was making to finally find a side that could be sustainably excellent in the premier league and uh, well if you want to know how much ferguson valued cantona just you can check out any ferguson interview he'll tell you all about it especially because like ferguson was a, known as a hard ass right but at every mm. point in time he always made uh, exceptions for cantona because he realized that this guy is so catal- cataclysmic he is such a dif- he's just a differently minded like his brain works so differently to anybody else he's he's uh, he's he's got his flaws he's very uh, hot tempered he's Uh, re- uh, he's reckless he's he can do stupid things all the time the kick mm. to the crystal yeah, palace the fan is a prime example i think and, that might uh, be one of the key reasons if he doesn't get into the top 6 that might be a key factor in that the 9 month ban yeah. he had yeah yeah that fan, that's an important part but yeah otherwise yeah. great career but because like there's a reason behind that also because he he had experienced so much race because he's an immigrant a french immigrant right he used to yeah. live in marseille and marseille is the city of immigrants so like that's the that's how they see themselves like it's a important part of being from marseille mm. that you are you're an outsider to france and you're an outsider everywhere and the outsiders band together like basically how naples works with italy mm. so a, a similar it's not the same obviously but a similar kind of attitude the, the uh, french from marseille have zidane is from marseille for example yeah. so that is why eric cantona like everything he did for the for manchester united like he he left in 1996 and he basically retired like he wasn't he was there was no need for him to retire he was like 32 years old mm. but the impact that he left on the club and i think uh, everything he did eric cantona is has to be in that league he is he should be part of that six because he was a huge huge part of the premier league's uh, success also and he's the catalyst for that also who's your second pick okay my second pick is another manchester united player and i've not seen him that much but as much as i've seen from highlights and clips it has to be david beckham my god the oh, player he was one. the player he was man he changed the game his dead yeah. he was a dead ball specialist the talent he had and everything fine he had mm. a rough time with ferguson and like it didn't end uh, well and everything yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, like if you want playing, details i can give you details but yeah i don't think that's what we have for right no now. i think my dad has also got into this topic a lot and I, yeah 
think yeah, whatever yeah. it was for dude that player i think i think the world is a fan of him he's the most respected man in england and everything and his style and everything his free kicks oh my god his dipping ball free kicks most hated man in england also at one point of time do you like, if you want to know more i can tell you but yeah yeah we'll get into that later for sure right now <laughs> i think we have a podcast to run we're already over time <laughs> No, we but, can discuss it on the podcast. I don't know. A lot of our viewers would know a lot about it. Like, if they okay, go on then. Okay. So, in 1998, they were trying to qualify for the World Cup. And uh, I think it was the World Cup. when. Uh, do you remember what uh, when uh, Beckham put, picked his foot up and got sent off in that quarterfinal or something like that it was? I was five years before that was born. So, I don't think I remember yeah, I know, that. No, I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to have seen it live. Like, even I didn't watch it live. I was two years old oh. at the time. So, like... If you look back at it, and uh, like, um, so he was he was the most hated man in England because of that sending off. He had basically tripped Diego Simeone. That's the guy oh. he tripped. So Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's one yeah, man. So it was Argentina versus England. England, and I think it was a quarterfinal in uh, 1998, and uh, he tripped uh, Simeone, and he got sent off, and obviously England lost the game, and so he was a pariah then. He was the biggest. Uh, dick in England basically and he was like there was uh, effigies being burnt and all sorts of scrutiny mm. then the next year he won, went and won the treble <laughs> yeah so that then the hate was restored and everything okay, yeah not even not that like, the, England and Manchester United have not in, not gotten on because Ferguson was always unhappy with the treatment that United players got in England and England mm. players were kind of reluctant to go to international duty also even Irish players look at example of Roy Keane and his tumultuous uh, international career with Ireland and then in 2002, so England were trying to qualify for the World Cup in 2002 and they had a, the, their final game against Greece. So the 93rd minute, David Beckham is on the ball. It's a free kick. And they, they were supposed to, they needed a result out of this game to qualify. And it was an expected result. It, they were expected to win this comfortably because it's Greece. Mm. And even though Greece were excellent in 2004 in the Euros, but still, it's a Greece team. Yeah. They're not a heavyweight. So... And they had beaten them, and obviously because qualifies you play twice, right? So they were the the match was there, ninety third minute. David Beckham with a free kick, and you can imagine what happened. David Beckham scored a. There was only one result of taking the free kick. Yeah, what that free kick, and obviously he was England's lad again. He was everybody's shining star, and he was captain of the team at the time as well. So. Exactly, big, big dude, moment just, for David Beckham and England. I don't know. He had that impact and aura of a player that, like, okay, this well, is yeah, I would agree with David Beckham. He he basically was the uh, the catalyst for uh, 1999 in the final. He basically set up both the goals. So David exactly. Beckham is high on my I, list of guys. So. I think he has to be one of the top six. So yeah, I think we've had our four okay, now. Okay, so we have to pitch two. Like two of them, we have to agree on. Like okay, so Wayne Rooney. I, Wayne Rooney, I think I don't think he's eligible for this one because you have Why to be not? retired by May 2020 or something like that. And I think Rooney oh, retired. Oh yeah, okay, 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 okay. This season only, I think he's retired now officially because he took on the oh, yeah, manager was, role at Derby. He was playing for I think DC United last season, and he was playing for Derby also. He was initially player oh, manager yeah. when they got him in. So, like when they got yeah. him in as a player, like as a player who might take over, like they had mm. started blooding him, and then the, halfway through the season they made the change. So Rooney is not eligible. So any other suggestions you have? Mm, can't think of. Wait, I mean, there's a lot. But do you think we should include a keeper? Yes. 
if we include a keeper then i think the very very obvious choice there are two obvious choices michael and vander michael and michael and vander hart wart if i'm not wrong no way vander sar vander sar yeah no no that's not what i was thinking like you have to think of petr check first man come on how can oh, yeah. petr check not be involved in this conversation that, that slipped out of my mind yeah yeah my that's dad, fine like you you don't prepare me for this like we, we we shouldn't be like there are no uh, what do you call it like If we had done our research beforehand, then it would have been a different scenario. But we didn't research this. This was completely off the cuff. So, dude, my dad would have literally just written P L H O F. That's our notes for this fucking part. <laughs> my dad was the biggest Petr Cech fan, dude. His saves and Petr Cech has to be considered. Like, I I yeah. would personally choose Schmeichel for, like, because Schmeichel was such a dom. But uh, like, I could not. If anybody argues in favor of Petr Cech, I would just look at them and be like. I I can't argue with you. Like you're the only thing I would argue absolutely. is that he didn't end on a high. I mean, well, he yeah, he went to Arsenal. Like, yeah. No, it's not. At least Chelsea director now, so who really cares? Like, I don't think anybody at Chelsea cares. That was cared. bad. That was bad. That was really bad. He lost us the final first of all, and then he went to become their director the next season. <laughs> <laughs> that was planned for sure. That was complete. That was Arsenal <laughs> would have been in the Champions League two years away if it wasn't for Petr Cech. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, absolutely shambolic for his last performance. But yeah, overall his career has been great at Chelsea. Oh. He was unbeatable. He was literally the wall. Especially because of the came... story, like his head being crushed yeah. and everything, and he had to always wear that protective spear gear. And like those are important, right? Especially with the Hall of Fame narrative. And I think, like, I I would not say no to like I would always be like it's it's too hard to differentiate between Schmeichel and. Petr Cech overall because I think Petr Cech had the longevity. He was yeah. at his peak for much longer, and he was so dependable. Like Schmeichel is a bit before my time, but Petr Cech I've seen a lot of, so I understand yeah. the affinity that fans of the guy have for him, and uh, I've seen that more firsthand. So that's a very hard one to decide. If we had I to pick, then uh, may as well pick Petr Cech. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. Take, so the other take. one that we have to pick, other one. Uh, okay, let's take come up with. Norm- okay, I don't think we've gone with the defender. So the defending right. options we would have. Uh, John uh, Terry. Joe Ferdinand would be an option. John Terry would be an option, and uh, Steve Bruce Campbell would be an option. Steve and Bruce, yeah. uh, I don't think Steve Bruce should be first on that list, anyways. Yeah, like, uh, he's what then, you say. Uh, mentioned to this. Sol Campbell has to be an option, yeah. and. Uh, Uh, Tony Adams has to be an option, so there's a lot of defending uh, defensive players. Also. I think Arsenal also gave him as a what do you say nominee from their club. You know, I think the clubs were also supposed to give out six nominees from their clubs. Ah, okay, yeah, that could be, that could be. And, uh, I They're honestly, talking... I think let's, I think let's ditch the defender for now. Like uh, we'll just pick between Keen and Vieira. Let's just do that. Oh yeah. Mm, well, uh... I don't know. <laughs> I prefer That's... Vieira as a player. Not just impact-wise, as yeah. a player, I think Vieira might be better than Keane. Not by a big margin. Keane is legend. Oh no, doubt about it. There's not a lot of margins to play with, yeah. and especially because these. I think Keane and Keane and Vieira are always going to be associated together with, with their history and the yeah. amount of hatred that they had for each other on the pitch. I don't know what their off-field circumstance was. And yeah, I, I think Keane knows that he was a good midfielder. Yeah, I think yeah, now, especially pitch. now, especially now when their careers yeah. are done, I think they will speak each other off each other more positively. Obviously, but uh, I think uh, back oof, in the day, that's a hard, clubs. hard one to hard, hard choice to make. And I think uh, I mean, I'd put him in the pundits' hall of fame, Roy Keane. <laughs> I would take him <laughs> in the PLT right now. 
I think we are well, I, think, I, I think you are the much better player than he was ever a pundit but yeah because uh, because Roy Keane the biggest best performance easily has to be Juventus in 1999 he, oh, yeah. he wasn't going to play the final because he got a ye- early early yellow card he knew he wasn't going to play the final and he was such a match winner for them that game every blade of grass he covered everything he was doing he turned up with the goals an excellent run into the box and he's just somehow headed it i think fast. both of them had that work rate you know which i don't think we barely see in yeah, any midfield uh, now i think the the margins on, in this one are so so small it's so hard mm. to pick one over the other i think i'll just like let's just go with the invincibles let's just stick to yeah. let's just take viera then let's just uh, he okay like, have to make will a choice make the fight. will make the whole he will thing. make not it yes right now not just right yeah. now not in the first batch and Maybe not, not in the first batch. There's a good chance yeah. Vieira might not be the guy they choose. Maybe we they choose. Uh, I don't know. Like there's there's so many players who could be chosen. Exactly, what if they turn up with Rio Ferdinand as their name? I think John Terry has an excellent shout to be in there because and John Terry has been yeah, John dude. Terry has been so important. I think Jamie Carragher should be part of the nominees at least, even if he should not be directly into. I it. think Liverpool yeah, would have himself has a shout for it. And mm. Paul Scholes, we didn't talk about. There are so there are many. Lot Ryan Giggs, we never mentioned. You can't recover. You can cover the whole Man United squad for this. Yeah, shot, exactly, you know? right? Like there are like especially that class of '92, and all of those guys turned out to have ex- like the one of the set of the best Premier League careers that you could ever hope to have. Mm. And then uh, modern day greats like Robin Van Persie is part of the nomination players, like the players oh, who have been nominated. A, I don't know why Arsenal nominated them, dude. That's such a wrong ah, decision. No, no. Robin Van Persie. I think, I think he made the right choice, and I think he validated himself. And uh, I don't think Van Persie even cares if Arsenal fans hate him because Man United fans love him. I love him because my first season that I watched personally, let that remember all the moments of was 2013, and RVP was the only reason we won that league, and we won it so well. And oh. That Aston Villa game and the number of I'm just so happy that the same thing didn't happen with Sanchez. You know, I just, I'm so happy he flopped in United. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to see that. I just yeah, didn't want Sanchez to see that. I just didn't want to do. But like then his career completely fell off, and I'm like, okay, that's a bit too harsh. And then he got something. Well, he's into. better at Inter. At least he's. Yeah, he has something there. He's, but, he's playing yeah, it's, all right. It's not picked up. It's not eventually he's lost form for. So okay, I think. Uh, we should be done with this uh, we've already talked a lot about this uh, the pl hall of fame uh, we've had a whole uh, 15 minute discussion i think we can end this here or is there anything else you want to talk about i think this is it for today we'll get back to you guys on friday with the special yeah, we're guest yeah we discussing the champions league games anyways on friday so i don't see yeah. any major reason for previewing them we know what's going we'll to we'll also cover the, the el you know we'll also cover the EL. we have to cover the europa league also obviously yeah so it's roma versus manchester united and it's uh, uh, arsenal versus uh, villarreal so emery comes back emery's return to arsenal let's see how these games go we are not going to be we are not previewing them today we've gone on long enough i think uh, mm. especially with the hall of fame argument because that was thoroughly enjoyable and mm. uh, i think we'll get back to you guys on friday and uh, hopefully we see you you guys join us for Friday. And uh, any last admin that you want to do before we go? Uh, we are out, Ayush? I think it's enough for today. We've already reached one hour, 10 minutes. And that was a good debate. So yeah, mm. see you guys on Friday. Same time, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, we'll stick to the same time, yes. Same time. Yeah. See you guys. We'll, yeah. Thank you. Love it.